Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Liberation through stillness. In this episode, Eckhart leads a meditation and then answers questions from a live audience. He says the most important thing to achieve in our lifetime is stillness. Without it, we feel frustrated, angry, and discontent. No relationship or personal success ever satisfies us because life lacks depth. He says stillness is the answer. That sense of aliveness we feel when we're free of thought. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be. Beautiful, sunny, early afternoon. And whatever time it may be where you are, it's still the present moment. And the strange thing is, it may well be that you watch this or listen to this when it's no longer live in the conventional sense of the word, but in a deeper sense, it's always live, even if you listen to this, watch this 20 years from now, which is possible, then hello, welcome to the present moment, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, and you will still be watching this in the only space there is, which is the space of now, and what that is, is the space of consciousness, timeless consciousness, and that dimension is realized within you as stillness. Stillness is to be conscious without thinking, or it could also mean to be aware of yourself as the underlying consciousness, even when you are thinking, thinking, doing, going from here to there, being active, now, if you ask me what's the most important thing for me in this lifetime, in my life, if I had to say what is the most important thing for you to achieve, discover, realize in this lifetime or any lifetime, I would say it is stillness. To find that dimension of consciousness within you connect with the stillness, realize that there is a realm of stillness in you. And if you don't find that, you don't realize that, then you are condemned to continuous, almost continuous frustration, discontent, unhappiness in whatever form. Nothing will ever be enough to satisfy you, at least not for long, no relationship, no attainment, no success, no circumstance, no place or location will satisfy you for very long. In other words, you can't really enjoy life if you haven't realized the stillness, that there is this dimension of stillness in you, in addition to or underneath all the thinking and the emotions and all the sense perceptions that happen around you all the time. And those things make up your life. If you had to define what your life consists of, the entire thing that you call my life, what is? what does it consist of? It would be, it is, sense perceptions, thoughts, emotions, 
feelings that makes up your life. Your entire past exists in you as memories or other residues left by so-called past events in the emotional field. So there is no real, what you call your life, there's no past in it as such. The past exists in you now as certain thoughts, the conditioning of your mind, and certain emotions that are linked to the conditioning of your mind. So those things make up when people say, my life, that's what we're talking about. Thoughts, which includes the entire past, which exists as thought, emotions, sense perceptions. And if that's all there is, then your life is never really satisfying, lacks depth. If that's all there is, you are shallow. You live on the surface of life. When you discover that in addition to sense perceptions, thoughts, emotions, there's also a stillness in you, not as one other thing, but as the space that enables all the other things, the objects in consciousness, sense perceptions, thoughts, emotions, the space that enables all the other things that make up your so-called life to be. So we are not adding one more thing when we talk about what does my life consist of, sense perceptions, thoughts, emotions. And now when I say stillness, we're not adding a fourth thing, no. Because stillness is not like any sense perception, any thought or any emotion. Those are all forms that arise in your consciousness. Or we could say forms that your consciousness assumes temporarily, appears as, but you are deeper than that. Essentially, you are the consciousness space that enables all these other things to be. And that is what we mean by using the word stillness. The most important thing, or rather, it is the most important no thing in your life. Not nothing, but no thing. You can only do that in English. In other languages, it doesn't work. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. I'd like to point out to you also that as you sit there, I assume you're sitting, doesn't matter if you're sitting, standing or lying. Let's say as you sit there and listen, be aware that this teaching, not a best word, but let's use it, exists also on the level of form, thought, and more importantly, the level of stillness. So, as I talk to you, I'm not just conveying words, more importantly, I am conveying stillness. How is that possible? When you notice that there are gaps between words and sentences as I speak, 
when you become aware of the gaps and also when you become aware of an undercurrent of stillness that is there behind the words, so to speak. So when you notice the two dimensions to our gathering here, people are gathering here, coming together, not physically, but coming together in consciousness. So you notice two dimensions, the dimension of perception, sense perception, words and visual perception. And then you can also be aware of an undercurrent of stillness. And the moment you become aware here and now of this undercurrent of stillness that is behind the words and in between the words, the moment you become aware of that, you have found the stillness within you because the stillness is not there. It's here. And that's the real purpose of our session here is either to discover the stillness within you or for most of you to deepen the stillness that you have already discovered. Deepen stillness doesn't mean something happens to the stillness. It means you become more aware of it. That stillness is not just an absence of noise, an absence of, in the case of stillness, an absence of mental noise, just as silence is the absence of external noise. So silence is outside, stillness is within. But it's not just the absence of noise, thought, but it's also a sense of aliveness, which is felt with the entire body, not the physical body, the inner body. So your body also participates in this discovery of stillness. You become, as you first discover it, you become then more comfortable with stillness. You are then able to sit somewhere for a few minutes in a room outside, on a bench, in a cafe, wherever, at home, in your car. You can sit somewhere for a minute, two, three, and just enjoy being without needing to fill up every second with stuff, fill up every moment with thought, another thought and another thought, and another text message and another email and some other Facebook post. They're all filling up your mind. Very few people these days, when you look around, you hardly see anybody sitting quietly enjoying the isness, the isness of this moment, being still inside, alert and still, and look around and listen, and be aware of your presence. That's the stillness. And that is the dimension where the personality, the person is transcended. There's no ultimate satisfaction within your personal sense of self. The liberation from your personal sense of self comes with the realization of the dimension of stillness. Doesn't mean you no longer are a person. Of course, you are still a person. You have a personality. But you realize there is infinitely more to who you are than the conditioned, limited person personality, personal self, sense of self. Part of your personal sense of self will be the collective sense of self. So it's not entirely confined to you as a person. Everybody's personal sense of self consists in part of the collective sense of self, which are certain mind structures, thought, patterns, meaning, views, opinions, perspectives, convictions, or that you have absorbed from the collective, that you absorb when you watch the media, when you watch the news, you absorb the collective, 
perspectives, and then you think they are yours. The culture in which you grow up, you absorb certain collective thought patterns that virtually everybody holds, anybody you come into contact with, an identity, a form identity, which could be connected to political affiliations, it could be connected to religion. A lot of religion is thought structures that people identify with. There's still pockets in most religions where there is an opening into the transcendent, but it's sometimes hard to find those little openings that are within the structure of the religion, which may be 90% thought structures, ideologies, if you identify with them, they give you your sense of self, which usually implies that you are right and others are wrong. Your collective is right, other collectives are wrong. That's an essential part of it. Delusion, it's a form of delusion, but very, very common. So your sense of self, your person is partly personal, it's your family background, conditions it, and all those things, and partly collective. You may not realize how much of your thinking is conditioned by what you take in through the screen of the news and whatever you connect with, and that's fine. Everybody has certain perspectives, but the danger is if you identify with those viewpoints, opinions, perspectives, convictions, then you are trapped in thought. And that makes up the ego. Ego is complete identification with thought forms. And then what's lacking in your life is the transcendent dimension. It's only there where you can be liberated from being trapped in your personality, your person, which is ego. And the evils of this world created by humans are due to that unconsciousness, which is to be trapped in that limited collective personal sense of self. The personal sense of self, when there's no, no awareness of the underlying dimension of stillness, is dysfunctional enough. It creates a lot of totally, ultimately unnecessary conflict. But the collective sense of self, the ego, when humans get taken over by that, when it becomes much stronger even than the personal conditioning, that's truly, in many cases, truly mad. And you can see the madness these days. It seems to be coming more to the surface, which may be a good thing. It's being exposed more. You can see more clearly how people communicate with each other through the internet, how angry they get, how they make others into enemies. Just one false sentence, one false word, and people will attack you on the internet. <laughs> Crazy. Don't be part of that craziness. But how not to be part of that craziness? Well, find the stillness. And then while you, if you watch the news or read whatever people post, you can read it and you can sense the underlying stillness or presence as you read. And you may still completely disagree with what somebody says on there, but it no longer means that whoever said or posted those statements, that you regard them as your enemy. It's crazy. Now the human ego is having a new field of operation that it didn't have before, where it can really play itself out, and that is on the internet. If you haven't found, if you haven't realized the stillness, then your entire life or lifetime really hasn't been successful. Let's use a conventional term. How do you measure success? Whether you've made it. What the world tells you success is, certainly that's not it. Because all the people who have achieved it 
are still unhappy, frustrated, dysfunctional in many ways, unless they have found the transcendent dimension within. I've recently started to use the pointer expression, the deep I, not referring to this I, but the I, the pronoun, first verse I, the deep I, finding that transcendent dimension within, that's realizing the depths within you, and that is the deep I, and then you have the superficial I, which is your personal self. So when the when you use the word I, usually it refers to the personal self, me and my story, I sometimes call it, and then suddenly realize there is a deeper sense of beingness or presence in you, and that is the deep I. The surface I continues to exist. It's never going to be perfect. You as a person, yes, the dysfunctions, most of them will go away. You no longer create suffering. You don't contribute to the suffering in this world that disappears as you become aware of the transcendent, the deep I. And yet, on a personal level, you're not going to be perfect. You will have your limitations. You're good at this, but not good at that. Certain habit patterns, if they don't create suffering for yourself or others, may still persist. It's fine. You have your likes and dislikes without being totally consumed by them. There's a sense of freedom um, on the surface. You might prefer this to that, but if it's not, it's fine too. You can pursue goals, but they're no longer egoically motivated, which means the delusion that you're going to be happy when you attain this goal, that goes, and what happens is you're actually happy within the activity that is there towards the attainment of this goal. You find the doing fulfilling rather than hoping for some fulfillment in some future moment when you attain what you want. Because getting what you want, that's already the end. What do you do then? So you can be enjoying the doing, the activity. Stillness doesn't mean that you become passive. Yes, you become comfortable with sometimes just being, yes. But you don't become passive. You are still active. Your aims are no longer determined by the shallow self, the ego. Your aims come from a deeper, from, from your deep eye, which may want to. There's a deeper intelligence in you that goes far beyond the conditioning of your mind, and that is really universal intelligence. You're an aspect of that. The intelligence that underlies the entire sense-perceived universe, that which organizes form, and so you can pursue goals that are in alignment with the deeper eye, not for some shallow personal satisfaction, which doesn't really come anyway. And when it comes from the deeper eye, you're not excessively attached to the outcome. You enjoy the present moment, the doing in the present moment. And if you enjoy the doing in the present moment, that means this, you can sense the being that's in the background. You don't get lost in the doing. So you can do, but there's a stillness behind it. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. 
It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. One could say it's the, the center of the wheel. There is the wheel spinning, but the axis, the center of it is still the central core of stillness within you. And then you don't get frustrated when obstacles arise on your path to where you want to go to. You realize the arising of obstacles is inevitable. How do you respond to the obstacles? And the way in which you respond to the obstacles is very different when you are connected to the deep eye. And sometimes the very obstacle forces you to connect more deeply, become more present. All the hindrances in your life have been wonderful. They've taken you to this point. The challenges are absolutely necessary. The challenges arise from the world of form and eventually they awaken you to the formless dimension of consciousness within you, which is stillness. For most people, before they awaken to that dimension, the world of form, which is the world, has to become, or has to be recognized as unsatisfying, either through loss, some kind of loss or diminishment, or through getting everything you wanted in the world of form, and then discovering that you're still unhappy. So this is the adventure of the unfolding of consciousness on this planet, in this galaxy, through you. You are the consciousness of the universe, realizing its own nature, realizing itself. The universe wants to become more conscious. So consciousness comes into this dimension through you and countless other life forms, of course. But there's the one consciousness. So you are ultimately not a person that's only a temporary appearance, a story, a dreamlike thing. You are more essentially the awakening universe. Welcome to a question and answer session. I will select a few in the moment. Now let's see what happens. My question, it's morphed a little bit, but I'll, I'll ask it. Um, you've used analogy of either being in a body of water and fighting and going under versus sort of leaning back on the yes and floating and letting life support you. And I understand that our first and absolute purpose is to be present. What I think I'm missing, the missing link for me, is how I tap into the presence, listen to the presence, so that I can lean back into the yes. How do I elicit something to say yes to? Hmm. Well, the first question is, are you able to say yes to the present moment at any given time? For example, this moment is okay, right? Yes. So it's fine. And then you have to check when the so-called next moment comes. It's not the next, it's always now. You have to see whether you can bring a yes to it, the inner yes. And then you find an alignment with it. You're not arguing with what is. And then you have to check in as much as you can to see whether a resistance arises and you're, or you're mentally arguing with the present moment by saying you dislike it, you don't want to be in it, you want to be rather somewhere else and so on. So that gradually you, you become open to the present moment and then there's a power that can then come through you. We could call that also true intelligence, which is not the analytical intelligence which is measured in our IQ tests, but true intelligence. When you are denying the present moment that this, the true intelligence cannot actually operate, the unconditioned intelligence, you could have many PhDs, but it doesn't help. 
the true intelligence does then cannot operate or only get a trickle of it, but it can only operate when you come into alignment with the present moment internally. So you surrender to what is. That's another word for it. And then, without asking for results and immediately saying, okay, I've been doing it for three days and I still don't know. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you're asking for results, you can become dissatisfied and impatient. No, you, it's, first of all, it, it changes the way in which you experience life, which is already a huge benefit. It enhances the quality of your life. Ultimately, quality of your life is to do with your state of consciousness, not, not where you live. That's a secondary thing. But ultimately, by aligning yourself with the present moment, something that I can only call quality comes in and it's very hard to describe. You can only experience it as you bring that in. There's a, there's a rightness or goodness to, to this moment, no matter what form it takes. There's a, there's a quality that comes in. And then intelligence can operate. And then that can operate as a sudden realization after a while. But don't look for it. Just your responsibility is to be aligned internally with presence. And then something may come, tell you what it is that you need to do if there's a doing, but your being is primary and this is being. And so whatever you need to do may suddenly come into your mind or it may come because somebody makes a remark and you suddenly say, oh, ah, now I know. Or life through some coincidence takes you somewhere or brings somebody into your life that has an answer that's right for you. Thing, many things happen when you're no longer resisting the present moment. So that's the primary practice. So it's, you become almost, one could say, already you feel as if the, all those good things that perhaps you want to happen had already happened or were already happening. Because the true source of experiencing goodness is it comes from within if you cannot get in touch with the unconditioned. This is where you can sense the, the good that is beyond good and bad. Then nothing can help you. And then that's also, you know, there are books about how to manifest things in your life, books how to create and so on. Sometimes the emphasis in those books is too much on getting things and the emphasis can be that the implication can be that when you get enough things, when you get all the things that you wanted, finally your life will be full and complete. But that's not the case. You might have heard the saying, there are two ways of being unhappy. One is not getting what you want, and the other is getting what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and this is very true. That means even if you get what you want, but you still haven't found the fundamentals of going deep enough within to experience, to know who you are beyond form. If you haven't gone there, no matter what you get, won't satisfy you. But once you know who you are, you know you are the presence Your sense of identity is derived from presence. You can create, or rather, because you're no longer the egoic presence, you're, the, the presence itself may delight in creating something in your life. The presence may be joyfully creating something in your life. And the most powerful way of creating and being the co-creator of The one creator, <laughs> the most powerful way of creating is, as Jesus already said, and many other teachings, to feel the joy and goodness of life now. So it's as if you already had what it is that you want to create. So if you think, 
having a nicer house or place to live. You want to create that as long as you don't believe that that's going to make you happy because you feel already, let's not call it happiness, you feel already that joyful aliveness that is presence. And then you can, if that's what you want, create a house out of that because you already have it, basically. The joy is already in you. It's become secondary whether or not you get it or not. Jesus said, whenever you ask for something, believe that you already have received it and it will be given to you. This is the sentence that's, that is the secret of all manifestation, is to feel that you already have it and then you can mentally hold the image and that gives power. But it also implies that you're no longer using that to make you happy. You're just participating in the act of creation. It's a dance. Nothing is going to stay around forever. You have a house for a while and then it disappears perhaps, or you disappear from it. <laughs> so you can participate in the dance of creation joyfully without falling into the erroneous assumption that something that you create is going to really fulfill you or make you happy. You have to find the fulfillment and happiness in the present moment. Then creation becomes easier. And then also you're not going to create silly things that the ego would have told you before. You need, you need that. I need to be a famous movie star <laughs> to make it. Well, Maybe you will become a famous Murita, but to be believed that you will find some kind of fulfillment and true happiness when you become this or that or obtain, attain this or that, that's the error. So if you feel already it's there, it doesn't really matter whether you get it or not. It's just the icing on the cake. So you have to go deep enough into life to experience life in its undiluted, now I'm now calling it life, but I could say consciousness, to know yourself as that one life, as that one consciousness that can create anything. But once you sense that, the amount of things that you want to create will be far less than the dissatisfied ego, which needs a hundred things and still isn't happy. So Jesus, again, if you do want to create something and don't believe it's going to make you happy, <laughs> feel as if you already had it, and then it comes. It's just a game. It's not serious. It's a play of form, Leela, the divine play. You can play with it, and then that, that takes out the seriousness of the neediness, I need that. If I don't get that, I'm unhappy. <laughs> With that comes a, this playful quality, which includes enjoying things that come into your life. You enjoy them um, while they are there without needing to become obsessed with things. You enjoy the occasional thing. I find it hard when I look at store windows I sometimes quite enjoy looking at a few things, but I hardly ever see anything that I would want to get. It's very hard for me to see anything that I want to buy, so including clothes. So this is relatively new, but <laughs> that took me a long time. That I have one little weakness. I love mechanical watches that tick, 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 tick. And this is a little paradox. People say, "What? why do you wear a watch? <laughs> I felt a little better because the Dalai Lama has the same weakness for washing. <laughs> and I sometimes look at store windows to look at watches, but the good thing is these days, the watches have become so big that I don't like them anymore. They're just so huge, it's like wearing an alarm clock on your wrist. <laughs> so it's strange how you can enjoy things just by looking at them, don't need to have it, you enjoy it just as much, you look at it for 10 seconds, or it's fine. Oh yes, I still occasionally like to buy books. I occasionally buy books, including sometimes 
a few old books that I like. They, they smell nice and have a lovely presence to them. Uh, so and, and those forms I enjoy, but it's relatively limited and that's fine. The ego has enormous amount of needs and feels unfulfilled if they are not met and feels unfulfilled when they are met. <laughs> so primary practice, presence, going deep enough, realizing who you are is the presence. And that is inherently satisfying. To know yourself as presence is actually the only truly satisfying thing in your life. And any other satisfaction is really a reflection of that. When people are happy for a moment because they just obtained and the desire they had has just been fulfilled. They were just given it or they obtained the job they wanted. They obtained the ideal partner, ideal until after the honeymoon, of course. <laughs> they got the ideal partner. Then there's a desire has just been met and then just they can feel actually feel joyful. They go, why is that? It's because for a moment the desire is gone. It's been met. So what they really enjoy is not the thing. It comes from within because the desire has been removed that had obscured that. That's been removed. So it's not the thing that they obtained that gives the joy. It's for moments desire has been met and it's not like the thirst has been quenched. And so for a moment you feel, and the mind thinks it's that thing that now makes me happy. No, it's the, the absence of desire that suddenly allowed you to feel the inherent joy. But then it doesn't last long. The old pattern is still there. And the next thing comes in, oh, no, I need more. I need something else. That's not it. I knew somebody who, he bought a, an expensive car and after a few months, this wasn't the right car. And then he bought a Ferrari. Uh, and then, oh, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And after a few months, it doesn't feel right. It's not, it wasn't, maybe it wasn't meant to have a Ferrari. It's, and there was a third one. I can't remember what it was. Whatever they are, probably Italian, Lamborghini Testarossa or something like that. And then he later he said, "Oh, it's, they're all pieces of junk, pieces of junk." And I, when he said it, I remember the famous Rolling Stone song, "I can't get no satisfaction." <laughs> So it's when the desire has just been met, you feel that's, that's all it is. But always the, the next thing comes and the next, there's nothing wrong with desire, but to be obsessed with things is dysfunctional. I've been working for 13 years in an office and I feel that my job is boring and useless. I learned to surrender, but I'd like to change my job, but don't know where to apply. How can I find out what will give me joy and happiness and a feeling of meaningfulness? Well, start with where you are, rather than trying to get away from where you are. You start with always the present moment. And you say you have surrendered, but have you surrendered enough? Have you truly surrendered? So, I suggest when you travel to work every morning, enter the state of presence rather than drifting off into thinking so that you're present every moment, whether you're driving or taking public transportation or walk to work, be there, absolute presence. And when you're at work, do one thing at a time and bring in spacious moments as much as possible. They can only be a few seconds. One spacious breath after you made a phone call, two spacious breaths. And then when you go to have lunch, wherever it is, either you eat the lunch that you brought with you or you go to the restaurant or the canteen or again, present with every movement. So you use what otherwise would be a boring situation 
and just use it as the background for presence. So ultimately, you're not looking for some satisfaction in the work, but you bring a different state of consciousness to it. So in a way, your work situation becomes like a canvas. It's just an excuse for practicing presence. And you're lucky that you have a relatively boring job. It gives you great opportunity for practice. If you had a very stressful job that kept you in a state of excitement all day long, it would be more difficult. So be thankful that life has given you something relatively boring. And then you, you make it interesting, not in the conventional sense of interesting, but you, you bring that, the alertness to it. So you're not working at the stock exchange, shouting like a mad person, sell, sell, buy, be on the computers. <laughs> now, if there's any stockbroker wanting to ask me a question, please do. That'll be a different answer. I don't know what I'll say. There's a way there too. What it is, I don't know until you ask the question. But uh, yes. Use the situation so that as you do that, discontent disappears. And that is true surrender. You say you practice surrender, the questioner says, but if there's discontent, of course, there's still not complete surrender. There's still, I'd rather be somewhere else. Or the mind telling you, it's been 13 years, how many more years to retirement? Oh, and then you start counting the years to retirement. So you're losing yourself in past and future and you're carrying the burden in your mind of past and future, missing the opportunity of the present moment because it's not interesting enough, says the mind. <laughs> so that's good. Practice and you may find if you come into such an alignment with the present moment, you feel more alive even within the routine activities there is then an added dimension of aliveness that comes in. And you perform even the routine activities with a greater sense of aliveness. And it is often then that change comes into your life when you align with the present moment instead of trying to get away from it, internally align yourself with it so that any kind of no to the present moment dissolves, an inner no. And so you're so aligned that actually power begins to flow through. That's why I call that the power of now. It's the power of life itself. It begins to flow through you. At first it flows into your routine activities and the way in which you relate to your colleagues at work becomes more present, somewhat different. Some people may notice it, others may not. And gradually the universe or life notices that you are in a different state of consciousness. And often it is then that change comes into your life, either through a chance event or a chance encounter or a sudden idea or realization comes into your head one morning, in whatever form it comes, or some drastic thing, like you suddenly your company goes bust, the company that you worked for for so long, suddenly they close down, everybody loses their job. Wow, you're free. <laughs> but you were free already because you, internally you already became free. So in what way change comes into your life, we don't know. It is much more likely to come in, but you no longer depend on external change for your inner state. That's the main thing, that you don't depend on it anymore. And even if nothing else came into your life, you would continue practice until your last breath. And your last breath would be a conscious breath. And you would have fulfilled your purpose on this planet in this form, which is to be a vehicle for consciousness to come into this world. So you don't need to depend, you don't depend on anything. Change is more likely to come, yes, but this, the presence practice is not a means to an end. You're not practicing, you say, okay, I'll practice, but if nothing happens within six weeks, I'll stop practicing. <laughs> or the lady, a church-going lady who saw, she lived in a house and outside her window there was a, a hill that blocked the view of the ocean. So a little hill, 
and of course, if if that hill hadn't been there, the, her house would have been worth much more. So, because of that hill, her house was wasn't worth that much. But in church, she heard, if you only have faith of grow big as a mustard seed, you can sell to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move for you. She heard that in church. Jesus said. And then she said, oh, okay, uh, I only have a hill there, so I can, let's see. And said, okay, I'm going to believe that this hill is going to move, and then tomorrow morning I'll open the curtains and see what happens. So she, in the morning she got up and opened the curtains, and the hill was still there. And she said, oh, I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> That's the faith. <laughs> so to all of you who are bored at work, <laughs> there may be quite a few, make it into a spiritual practice, a consciousness practice. Bored at work also means you're not particularly challenged at work. And in the absence of life challenges, there's always the danger that you fall below thought and you come into a routine what you think it's acceptance, but you're really falling below thought and you, you, you go to work and, and there's a decrease in your sense of alertness and aliveness and you become dull and you go... And sometimes you see people who've been working in the same place for a long time. They're gone. They have not... It's just, that's not surrender or presence. They've just gone below thought, not risen above. <laughs> so happy practice, present moment. Be here now, as Ramdas says, and really that is the answer, and find the joy that is in knowing who you are, consciousness. We'll take a moment of stillness. If anybody is still thinking, feel the inner body, the aliveness, feel the aliveness in your legs, your arms, your hands and feel yourself breathing, that creates inner space, and then sense the presence behind it all. And that presence is not something other than you, it is essentially who you are. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. One, two, three. Four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.